Man is born, man lives, man dies, and it's all vanity. Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episode 35 of season 4 and episode 30 of Shuriken Sentai Ninja. You get on... episode of the x-files you watched oh i'm trying to remember the name of the second episode of the second season but it's the one with the fluke that they keep finding in like sewer workers oh the host yes that's it the host that's a good one that that episode freaked me out really Uh, just kind of like just the the bit with the dude in the shower and he's actually retching the thing up and blood coming out. I've bled from places you shouldn't bleed from before. And so this just sort of like, like dredged up sort of feelings of like, oh, you could like totally just start bleeding from your mouth like that. And like, it's probably not like an alien worm thing, but like, it'd still be pretty fucking bad and you should immediately go to the hospital. So, and just sort of reminded me of stuff that I... So for me, like, I was aware of the Fluke Man before that episode, and I thought it was going to be way scarier than it was, because I thought it was going to be like, they're hunting him in the sewer, and he's going to sneak up on them or something. Every time they oh, encounter him, he's just, like, stuck in a tube. <laughs> oh, no, he looks like a complete dumbass, too. Yeah. Like, the actual Fluke Man is a goofy motherfucker. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know, that's... I, I didn't think it was spooky, is. No, that that's not the part that spooked me. The part the part that spooked me was the initial like I actually think just the concept of there being that big of a fluke and it starts eating at your liver, like that's the part that I think is freaky. The actual bit where it's a fully grown fluke uh, fluke man is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. And they just like that guy uh at the waste treatment plant or whatever is just like, Boy, we have to we have to put in new filters or something because this shouldn't have gotten through. <laughs> Also, just like when they're examining that dude who had like the huge fucking bite on his back, and they're just like, eh, he seems fine. I'm just gonna let him go home. Yep. Sleep it off. So, what do you think of they the think series? This man was so... attacked by a python. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. That's what python bites look like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the series so far? I like it a lot. It's given me kind of Twin Peaksy vibes. Uh, not mm-hmm. just because a lot of actors from Twin Peaks show up in it. Uh-huh. Sometimes straight up in the same costumes they wore in Twin Peaks. Hi, Hawk. Yeah. Hi, Deputy Hawk. Um, yeah, but just generally like similar sort of production quality feel to it and the fact that it's dealing with like paranormal stuff and it's uh fbi investigating all these things going on and you know your lead character is very open to anything and everything 
the um yes please stop trailing off or going away from the mic uh i was surprised but shut up i was surprised by how much it looked like a movie or something or like a modern show like it does not look like a show from 1993 or whatever uh Twin Peaks definitely did. Like, despite yeah. David Lynch's direction and everything. Uh, and part of that is probably because it was not... I think that just had really hazy look to it and everything. That This one does not. This looks more contemporary. Uh, but yeah, I've been liking it. I am... Uh, about midway through season... Nah, I'm still fairly early in season three. Mm. I so I will say when it reminds me of Twin Peaks in terms of production value, I, I think the thing that actually is very early to mid '90s about the production is weirdly enough the Foley work. Like something about the sound design in that show is extremely early '90s to me. The music like, sometimes also just like drowns out the voices, and I'm not sure if that's yes. intentional or not. I don't think it is. Uh, also, like, the music is, like, a weird mix in places of, like, Resident Evil music. Like, RE1 kind of guitars, like, out in the woods music. Uh, specifically the one where they're dealing with, like, that swarm that got unleashed when they, like, cut that really big tree. Oh, yeah. Like, the music in that really reminded me of the first Resident Evil. And then the uh, first episode with Tombs... Um, it has like some Silent Hill ass music in it of just very lone, like groaning sounds, and like that's it. Mm-hmm. That that episode uh, with the killer bugs, I love how at the end of that, like the bugs swarm them and cocoon them, and like the hazmat team or whatever has to get them out, and they're like in the hospital covered in bug bites and everything. And then next episode, they're fine. Yeah. TV. Oh, they slept it off. Yeah. They got bit by a python, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah, no, I'm really liking X-Files so far. To be fair, you have also like given me a curated list and just told me, like, hey, skip these episodes, which for season one is most of the season. Nah, it's about half. Uh, well, and, and also, you, it's those episodes aren't necessarily bad. They're just kind of, eh. Yeah. Uh... But season two, you told me pretty much watch all of it, except for, I think, like, three or four episodes. You told me, just don't bother, so... Yeah, and and one of those is very low-rated, and I think part of that is because it comes in the middle of a very important arc that just, like... Something major happens, and it's weird that Mulder would just go off on this adventure in the middle of it. And I think mm. uh, divorced from that, it would probably be fine. Like, they maybe, like, this should have been somewhere else in the production order, but for some reason, Fox moved it? Maybe. Although, mm. I think it's supposed to take place there, because, I don't know, I, I won't say exactly, but, yeah, it, it's just a weird decision. Yeah. Well, I'm closing down the X-Files. Oh, no! Again? Yeah. Yep. I mean, how many times has that happened in that series? Because I'm guessing a lot. Uh, the point I'm at, I think three times. <laughs> Great. They just, they're they are back, though. They're back again. Oh, good. 
Great. Fantastic. For some reason. All right. Well, look, see, there are these Navajo code talkers, see? Oh. And there's a digital tape and uh, a smoking. Uh, Larry, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. I'm afraid I'm closing down the X Files. Oh, oh no. (laughs) That's right. (sighs) Keeps happening. Yep. By the way, I would just like to mention how good Skinner is. Like, he's oh, sure. so good. Like, he's Seymour such Skinner an asshole. You're talking about, right? No. No, well, Walter oh. Skinner. Also, mm. I like how those original bosses at the FBI are just never seen again. Yeah, so I was actually kind of wondering if there's a story reason that they don't show up anymore, if they kind of just write them out of the show. Because yeah, uh, there, there was at at some point like a large, like chunk of episodes that I skipped, and they were just never heard from again. No, I don't think you see them after like the first, like after the pilot, maybe. But yeah, they're just replaced by Skinner. No, they show up in Deep Throat. I'll oh, say. okay. I might, I might be wrong about you that. You sure? But... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's still be pretty early, so yeah, probably. Mm. I, th- I mean, I think that is the episode after the pilot, so. Uh, yeah, maybe. Pretty sure, Deep Throat's the, like the second proper episode, and then the uh, one with Tombs is the one after it. Y- yeah, sounds right. No, no, I'm I am really digging the X Files. Yes, it's good. More than I thought I would. It's good stuff. Uh, I I think if you're on. The host, that means the next episode you're going to get to is one of my favorites, Blood. It, it features uh, William Sanderson, a.k.a. Mm. E.B. Farnham, and the guy from the Ham commercial in uh, Tim and Eric. Well, uh, I mean, that being the case, I'm uh, going to have to go ahead and reopen the X-Files. All right, great. We're back in yep. it. Yep. Larry, I'm canceling the X Files. I'm shutting it down. We need oh. to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, all right. <laughs> I guess we have to, right? I before we move off of X Files altogether, it that show did get me like really curious of like, what what if Mulder and Dale Cooper had a team up? Oh, that'd be great. That seems like I mean... so perfect. They're just made for one another. I mean, yeah. Do you... Is this a bit? No. Like, genuinely, like, I've been thinking a lot about, like, okay, like, what if there was a team-up of, like, Dale Cooper and Mulder? Or, like, better yet, like, how would Mulder handle himself in the Twin Peaks universe and, like, Dale Cooper vice versa? Okay, I thought you were... Like, who is more likely to survive? I thought you were doing a bit because David Duchovny was in Twin Peaks. No. Okay. (laughs) No, which... Which that does make me think like a lot of the Twin Peaks casting in the X-Files is maybe because David Duchovny had worked with these people before and perhaps recommended them. Maybe. Or maybe some of the directors uh, who worked on Twin Peaks have directed X-Files episodes. I don't know. I've not checked. I Um, think it's more just, you know, they were working actors and uh, they were affordable and they were around at the time because there are a lot of Twin Peaks people in Star Trek, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, you've mentioned me, obviously I've not sat down and watched them But yeah, the Nadine one Yeah, Ben Horn um, as a Bajoran war hero Sure 
you know, as opposed to a fictional war hero playing with uh, Civil War figures well, in his office. about that. Turns out maybe oh, he no. wasn't quite the hero that people think he was. Oh, no. Yeah. He has a son that just wears, like, a Klingon headdress and bangs his head against the wall all the time. <laughs> sure. I this bet there's weird a... half Ferengi brother comes over with bread with a brie on it. They yeah. both get real weird about it. Yeah, they all have, they fight uh, with batleths while singing dozy dotes. <laughs> uh, Twin Peaks is a really good show. It is. And batleth is a very dumb weapon. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you supposed to use that thing? Like, they show people using it, it never looks right. It's like, ugh. But, you know, people love it. They gotta keep it in there, because, like, if they didn't, then the track fans would get mad. That's that weird blade that the Klingon use. Yeah, right? it's the thing that's, like, curved okay. away from them. Yeah, like, and it looks like if you were to actually try to use that, you would just get yourself killed. Yep. <laughs> Spin this thing around wrong and disembowel yourself. Yep. All they had to do was have it curve the other way and it would make a little bit more sense. That's not an option. No. It's too late. They've already gone too far with it. They can't back down now. Yeah. Like, there's a whole episode where uh, Jadzia is with a team of, like, her old Klingon pals from a previous host and they're going to get revenge on another dude. And there's the whole scene where they're storming his compound and using the Batleths and it is the most awkward thing because, like, they have to figure out how to attack people with this thing, including, like, pinning them against the wall with the weird little curved thing on the end. And it's so dumb. Oh, man. Star Trek is dumb. What? But, like, in it, but I said Star Trek is dumb, but, like, in a good way. Is. It's called Star Trek. But, yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah, like again, the the only Star Trek episode that I really, really remember is uh, from Next Generation, and the whole thing was just Picard is on a vacation. He's gone to like a luxury resort and spa, and this Ferengi dude keeps trying to like rope him into a get rich quick scheme. And the whole basis of the episode is just continual wacky hijinks upset Picard's vacation, and he just keeps getting really, really irritated with. It. That sounds good. It's great. It is fantastic. That whole episode is just straight up a comedy. Great. There are uh, yeah. some really good comedy episodes of X-Files, in fact, that you'll mm. get to uh, some point in this season, I guess. All I saw was the Sasquatch thing that you linked me where <laughs> like Mulder keeps getting these hilariously terrible drawings of the Sasquatch. Yeah, unfortunately, that's like the only funny parts in that episode. Although One speaking... of them just has very pronounced pecs, and it just reminds me of the whole therapy ses session from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis just holds up that notepad with like his drawing of the therapist with huge tits. No, those are supposed to be breasts. Like the whole point is that they okay. is that it's a the major clue that the uh, Jersey Devil he's looking for is actually female. <laughs> I thought you figured that out. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. 
Oh, someone got real horny watching Harry and the Hendersons. That's right. I need a squatch with big titties, says Mulder. That's what led to Californication. That's what that show was about. Just Mulder, like, very seriously watching Harry and the Hendersons, and, like, Scully walks in on him and asks him what he's doing. It's research. Whatever video you found in that VHS, it wasn't mine. Yeah, it's a... That episode. Also, the Jersey Devil, she is played by um, another Twin Peaks actor. You remember the, the the judge or whatever that came to Twin Peaks? And he had the hot assistant who would, like, just basically stand there the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was her. She's the Jersey Devil. Huh. Basically just like a feral caveman out in Joycey. Hmm. Not an actual Jersey Devil, that's the disappointment I should maybe go back and give parts of that episode a shot Eh Not watch the whole thing, just kind of click around Eh Like, it's kind of a neat idea that you would have, like, cave people in Jersey, but I was hoping it would be the actual Jersey I mean, that's just all of Jersey Jersey. Well, yeah It's just nothing but cave people over there Yeah, just head on the turnpike, see Tony Soprano Head on down to the Bada Bing Mm -hmm. No, go under the boardwalk, see the real ferals. I appreciate that, uh, basically, for the benefit of the listeners, recently you were talking to me and you were asking, like, what are some shows on Amazon Prime I could watch at work? How about The Sopranos? <laughs> and then you're... God, okay. And then you're like, wait a second, that show has nudity in it, doesn't it? <laughs> wait a minute. It's like, yeah, I mean, their their base is a strip club. That's a big <laughs> part of it. You're like, ah. Oh, I did I did find out that Amazon Prime does have Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, though. Which I do need to watch that. They have uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, too. Yeah. Well, I already got that on Blu-ray. Or no, I got it on DVD. I forgot that I got it on DVD instead of Blu-ray, and then I said to myself, well, look, seeing that in in DVD quality actually probably is the better way to enjoy that movie. I don't know. You go see all the cool puppets and stuff. Yeah, there's just something about that kind of horror movie that the lower quality, the better. I don't want to see Blu-ray Leprechaun, man. I want to see that shit on DVD. Are you sure? Absolutely. Uh, What about Blu-ray Chucky? Well, that's different. Chucky is a major motion picture. (laughs) And the Leprechauns weren't? No, those were all direct-to-video. They weren't all. The first one must have been theatrical. No, the first one did not come out in the theaters. It had Jennifer Aniston in it. This was before Jennifer Aniston <laughs> was doing fucking anything. Well, the the sec- the one of them had Leonardo DiCaprio. Nope, he wasn't in any of them. Yeah, he was. Was he in like the third one or something? No. Yes. Although, although it did have, uh, it did have that one guy from Seinfeld who played like, uh, oh god, what was his name? It like Jerry's father's rival, the guy who had like the uh, the NASA pin. Okay. Ah, whatever. Oh, He's I great. was thinking of Critters. <laughs> there you go. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Star of Critters yeah. Three, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> That's right. The Wolf of Wall Street himself. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, no, none, none of the Leprechauns ever came out in theaters. Come on, man. I don't know. Leprechaun was a, uh, a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> to some people. Like you. That's right. Well, I'm filth, so you know exactly what kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. No, the Chucky movies I would love to get on Blu-ray. Uh, well, also, did you get the new that Chucky deal? movie I refuse to see. No, I did not. Well, did not now you've missed it. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Walmart has it for like that price every Halloween. Oh, well. Then you have to wait till Halloween. I mean, I have enough movies on my plate right now, but that by the time I get to that, it'd be Halloween anyway. I got all the Fast and the Furiouses to watch. Oh, yeah, still. Yeah, well, I'm starting those uh, after Wolf of Wall Street, so. Probably watch that this weekend. Okay. JoJo! JoJo's Bizarre Adventure last week was a lot of talking. Uh, this week, kind of also a lot of talking, but yeah. it's pretty good. I had a good time with it. Pretty good. Somebody died. Yeah, well, whatever. It wasn't doing much anyway. Nope. <laughs> uh, so we we pick up immediately where we left off. Uh, Bucciarotti in Diabolo's body has used sticky fingers to punch off uh, Chariot Requiem's arm, and then he goes to pick up the arrow, uh, but then, to his surprise, Sticky Fingers attacks him. Just comes through uh, his and... arm, too, which uh, oh yeah doesn't seem to have any effect, either. Nope. Uh, but we... I'm trying to remember. I think it's like uh, Mista who goes next. He's just like, oh, I'll shoot the arrow away. Uh, but then, like, number one appears with a bullet and just tries to, like, jam the bullet into Mista's head. Yeah. And he's, like, fucking jazzed up about it. Yes. Thankfully, Trish saves him. Uh, yeah. Even though, uh, as we know, Mista's head is bulletproof. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. Any- well, uh, well, well, it's Trisha's head. He's so. in Trisha's body. Yeah, her head might be extremely not bulletproof. For all I, we know, I would also like to say the intro here has the same bit with Diavolo. Like it didn't change at all, and so oh. it's probably gonna be the same, for, like until the end of this series. Yep, that's, that's a weird. lot of episodes to be spending that much time in the intro. So I just skipped it this time. Yeah. Yeah, like I think it's neat, but. Come on. You need to watch this, this cartoon. I thought from now on it would just skip that whole like time stopped thing and just show the rest of it with like Diavolo in Dapio's place. But no, no, we're gonna we're gonna have yeah. this whole speech here every time. Yep. Four more episodes and then in the last one it's also just gonna have a bunch of sound effects for no reason, because that always is uh super uh, good. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That that stuff I I think doesn't bother me as much as it does you, but also I think it is completely unnecessary and kind of just dumb. You don't need to do that. Completely unnecessary uh, so, and also kind of dumb. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also this podcast. Yeah. Talk about mission statement. <laughs> Yeah, coming at you, like, with four episodes left of the podcast to go. We finally hit on it. 
I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle. Is completely unnecessary and kind of stupid. <laughs> uh, we're a couple of guys who uh, one of us is over thirty, the other one's fast approaching it. Uh, we're here to talk about a cartoon, and then afterwards, I don't know, Power Rangers. <laughs> Just but first, a half hour on '90s television shows. Yes. Well. <laughs> It's not like there are any TV shows on currently. Why are oh, we supposed to talk no. about, like, Game of Thrones? Can... Yeah, hold on, let me buy a fucking Netflix subscription. Bleh. Yeah, exactly. Santa Clarita uh, Diet is dead. Netflix, yep. dead. I'm going to cannibalize its corpse. When is the new Trailer Park Boys supposed to be coming out? It just, like, came and went. This year and James no Leahy dead, also dead. Uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Phil Collins dead. Yeah, honestly, I can't even begin to care about Trailer Park anymore. Or Trailer Park Boys anymore because there is no more Mr. Leahy. Like I kind of think the weird. series ends with him. Yeah. So they won't stop though. No, they will never stop. That is their meal ticket. They need to do those forever. They yeah, have to also, get paid. What else are they going to do? They tried that uh, swear net movie, and that sucked. Yep. So. Yeah. So they they're the trying part, to get the arrow. The only Mr. good part, almost get shot in the head. Uh, no, I got have, um, have to say the only good part of swear net the movie is a cameo by Tom Green. So that I gives mean, you an idea. Hmm. I mean, well, look, not to be mean to Tom Green, that talk show he had was really good. Yeah. He's a pioneer. Talk show was great. Sure. He's ahead of his time. Look, the only way that the only way that could have been worse is if you had said like, yeah, the only good part of the Swearnet movie was the uh, Andy Dick cameo. Oh no. <laughs> I believe I mean, Carrot Carrot Top is also in Swearnet. I believe he has teamed with Tom Green. As somebody who frequents Las Vegas, let me just tell you the most terrifying thing about that city is the fact that Carrot Top is stalking the streets and at any given point in time you could run upon him. I do not just want imagine, that to happen. Imagine just walking down the corner, you're enjoying your night, you've had like a couple Long Island iced teas in you, you're feeling great, and then... This beef boy carrot man just turns around the fucking corner and starts heading right at you. Yeah, I don't need this roided out beat coming at me. Kidding me? Looks like he's a human Slim Jim at this point. Every step he takes is a full body flex. (laughs) Carrot top (laughs) created entirely from Jack Link's jerky. Uh... You go to the Luxor, you could uh, ride in elevators that feel like they're going to drop you to your death at any point in time. Uh, Carrot Top is in the building, and so is Chris Angel. It's a fucking travesty. I don't know why you would ever stay there. Don't, don't, don't go inside the Luxor. It's not worth it. Uh, where's Penn and Teller at? Uh, MGM Grand? Okay. What about Circus Circus? Isn't that the worst one? Circus Circus is very old. 
Uh, also based around a circus. So yes, it's the worst one. Then, then you think like, that that's where Kira casino is already going to be really gross. The fact that it's also old on top of that. Hello. <laughs> Twin Peaks. I know, I like the yeah. Anyway, they're, they're trying to get the arrow. Uh, Mista almost gets shot in the noggin again. Uh, sticky fingers doing zipper stuff. Uh, Jorno tries to pick it up too, but his stand starts coming after him, and then he like pulls away and realizes his stand retracts. And so they've all kind of realized that the effect that the arrow is having on their stands not only makes them more powerful, but also prevents them uh, from doing anything to the arrow. Their their stands want to defend it. Well, okay. So, so uh, Requiem picks up his arm, puts it back on, and just walks on out of there, and everyone kind of just lets this happen because they are not sure what the fuck to do. Right. Uh, and then they... So they turn their attention back to Bucciarati's body and start trying to figure out who's in it. Uh, and Bucciarati seems pretty confident that it's probably the boss since everyone is sort of symmetrically switched. Uh, so there's this good bit where he's just like, okay, well, shoot my body. And so Mista just, like, gets one in the stomach and one in the chest, and then Butrati's just like, okay, yeah, now shoot both of my legs. <laughs> so at this point, I thought that somehow he had switched back and that was the boss just messing with him. <laughs> that would have been really good. Yeah. Like, there were, uh, like, three points in this episode where I thought, oh, that's totally just the boss back, and he's just manipulating them, yeah. but no, guess not. Nope. Yeah, it, I also thought it was a little strange how there's this whole bit of them going, like, well, we don't want to shoot your body, because, like, what if we end up swapping back? And, like, for Bucciarati to not just have that moment where he's like, hey, look, I need to tell you guys what is going on with me and why that does not matter anymore. Yeah. Or at least just be like, hey, look, don't argue with me, shoot him, and then Jorno can fill you in later. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That doesn't No. Um, because at some point, uh, there's this bit where Guido is just like, okay, I need more bullets. Hey, Trish, you have my bullets on you. They're in my boot. Which is weird because, like, I don't remember, like, Mr. Evo ever lifting his leg completely over his head and then shaking bullets from his boot into his gun. I think he has, like, reached down into his boot and gotten them out before. But He's always of... been in his hat. It's well, weird that he doesn't just go, like, my bullets are in my hat. Well, yeah, when he does the quick reload thing, he does that out of his hat. But I yeah. think he has, like, reached down into his boot and gotten bullets out of there. Alright. Well, anyway, he gets just a whole mess of bullets from this, but a time skip happens because they then notice that the bullets are just suddenly in his hand and he doesn't remember getting them and one of them's like on the ground, right? Like four of them are four. on the ground. Yeah. Unlucky. And so... And by the way, and so quick note, yeah. before this part, Narancha has like a moment to himself where he's like, uh, when right. I get home, I'm going to have pizza, and everything will be great, and I'm going to get to maybe see Fugo again. We see Fugo! It doesn't matter, he's never going to yeah. show up. 
anyway. Well, you see Fugo for just a little tiny bit. On her own, she's going like, I'm going to get a pizza pie with the margarita. Anyway, this is how you know he's going to die soon. Because this yeah. is like the JoJo equivalent of like a guy in a foxhole pulling out a picture of his girl back home and showing it to his buddy. It's like, oh man. That... This is a picture of my girl back home. You shouldn't have done that. Wrote, wrote her a letter just yesterday. Dude in the foxhole is just looking at it and is like, uh, why Why is her clothes Swiss cheese? <laughs> so many holes. He's stabbing you in the cheek with a fork. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. It just says dumbass on the back. <laughs> yeah, that's her pet name for me. <laughs> yeah, there's this bit where Naranj is even just like, yeah, Fugo, you and I are going to hang out again. I'm going to be so happy. I won't even care when you call me a stupid, dumb fuck idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunday fun day with these two pig fucks. <laughs> Have you seen... Uh... Uh, what's it called? Sorry to bother. No, the show on Netflix with a weird-looking guy. Considering uh, that I'm partly responsible for Santa Clarita Diet failing, uh, no, I've not watched anything on Netflix. Okay, it's, it's, like for a it's, very long time. It's not Sorry to Bother You. That's the movie with Lakeith Stanfield. It's something like that, though. But it's base. It's like a sketch comedy show. It's not very funny. But there are a couple of good bits in it. Uh, you shouldn't watch it because like one of them is like Baby of the Year. Ugh. Even though part of that is... Alright, so there are two babies that look normal, and then one is like a biker baby. And it clearly like doesn't even know where it is or anything. But there are just like guys in the audience screaming, Fuck you, Harley! Or whatever at it. And like screaming about how they hate the baby. Yeah. And that's kind of like the whole show. I mean, I spend a lot of my time screaming about babies that I hate. Yeah, but you don't gotta pay. You don't gotta pay me a subscription fee every month to get no. that. Uh, is is Patriot Act active show on Netflix, or is that a different service? What? Patriot Act. It's a. Uh, uh... It's kind of like a a political commentary uh, comedy show, except it's this guy who he's like. It's not a sit-down thing. He's kind of standing up and moving around. Anyway, it's, it's fucking shit. I watched, like, one <laughs> okay. little thing from it, and then YouTube seemed to aggressively think that I wanted to watch more. And I am still having to scrub that shit out of my recommendation. Okay, I don't know. It, it might is, be. It is profoundly unfunny. Is it like, um, Samantha Bee's show? Uh, yes. Except shittier. Wow. Much shittier. That's that's quite a feat. And Samantha B had goddamn Glenn Beck on and kissed his ass, so it's saying a lot. Right. Samantha B yeah, remember decided that to scream. Thing happened? At... No, I don't. I remember oh. when she decided to shame everybody who wouldn't want to vote for Hillary uh and basically whitewashed everything about Hillary's past. And that was when I was like, I don't want to see any more of this. Yeah, look, I won't get into it too much. There was an episode of our show where Glenn Beck basically came on doing this apology tour thing, going like, hey, look, I'm real sorry uh, for helping to create Trump. Uh, oops, my bad. We on an apology and... tour with Glenn Beck, my man. Yeah. 
Uh, and she she fell for it. She gave him screen time and was just like, oh, you know, if people like us can work together. You fucking rube, Samantha B. It was just him trying to get his dumbass shit out there so people would pay attention to him again because he's completely fucking 180'd on that shit. Mm. Look, the only good political commentary is Master Levin. Absolutely. Well, if anybody, yeah. if any, yes. the problem is I can't put like a clip from Master Levin in here because it's just <laughs> audio of like Mark Levin. But go look up Master Levin on YouTube because it is just clips from Mark Levin who sounds a lot like Master Shake over clips of Master Shake. It's yeah, it's great. It's pretty damn good. Hasn't been one in a while, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, I'm sorry, can you make a cut here real quick? <sighs> yeah. And we're back. Sorry. George had to go barf because he thought about <laughs> Glenn Beck too much. Oh no, you said it again. I need a hold on. Oh no. Oh no! Hold on, I'm here, I'm back. Oh, oh god. I didn't make it to the bathroom that time. And we're back. A lot of mess in my hall. What happened jo- in JoJo? JoJo? Oh, right. We're Remember still that show about that we've been talking about for 60 weeks now? Uh. <laughs> oh, my body and my mind has deteriorated so much in that time. Me too. So, I am just, look, man, I am just on the edge of the cliff with this show. (laughs) I'm going to be so glad when we're done. Oh, sweet release is almost upon us, Larry. Finally. Almost done with this. And then there's going to be a fucking part six teaser at the end of it. I can guarantee it. I don't think there will. Oh. If there is, it doesn't matter. It's going to be like four years before it comes out. That's true. So. Yeah, we get around see his whole thing. Time skips, so some somehow King Crimson was used far outside of its range. So right, uh, Polnareff is the one that pieces everything together because Polnareff's brains reach all the way up through to the top of his hair. Yes, and look at the big realizes, brain on Polnareff. Oh yeah, uh, Polnareff realizes that what must be going on is because the way Requiem's power works is it swaps minds. Uh, And he had observed earlier that there were basically two people where the boss should be. And so he theorizes that whoever the boy was, Dapio, is inside Butrati's body. Which is really funny to me that they've just been dumping bullets into Dapio. He's having a really bad day. Polnareff's just like, Uh, hold on a second, I'm seeing double. Four Diavolos. No, wait a minute, two. Oh, no, now it's six. It it, it doesn't Uh, matter. 
No. So Diavolo's uh, mind is then in another body, which would explain how it's able to use King Crimson from a shorter range. So everyone here, if they had brains as big as Polnareff, should realize that means one of them is the carrier for Diavolo. Sure. Or as it turns out, like he's just like in a little hidey hole next to them. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Like they see King Crimson, like they run past him. Here's my theory, though. Mm. Is Diavolo is sharing a body with one of them. And my my theory here is either Diavolo remained inside of his own body because his own body is already accustomed to having two minds in it. Oh, okay, sure. Or it's in uh, Mista's body with Trish because he's so bound to Trish's uh, soul and Trish could not detect him anywhere nearby. Right, I think that's kind of likely. Since, yeah, she specifically says she can't sense him anywhere yeah so i'm thinking my bet is it's a body share thing and he's time sharing either with butcherati or trish see the thing is though Um, given the way this series goes i totally thought he just swapped with some random dude nearby that we've never seen before yeah uh well i mean there's so they all decide, okay, well, we need to go after uh, Requiem then, because the only way that this is going to sort itself out is we have to get the arrow back after all. Uh, so as they all run out, uh, the reason that I really wanted to push ahead with this is we have that cop who swapped bodies with the criminal. <laughs> yes. And he sees Trish running, and he's just like, ooh. <laughs> he runs up, and she immediately turns around and shoots him in the face. And the best part is I'm straight into his mouth. Yes, and the best part is then handcuffs him to a light pole through his mouth. Like the hole in his cheek. <laughs> and then she's just like, Oh, I thought it was the boss, but it turns out it was just some cop. Yep. Oh well. <laughs> Doesn't even consider that somebody swapped into the body, just it's literally like, ah, oh, I shot a cop in the mouth, whatever. Doesn't matter, all cops are bastards. Thanks, Trish. Doing good work. Uh yeah, and anyway, Narancha died too. Oh, just right, completely I'm sorry, skipped that. Right <laughs> just got a like a bar so through his funny. head. Yeah, so the time skip happened so they could kill off Naranzio because he wanted to get rid of their scouting ability. Uh, and he does this by somehow embedding his entire body through these, like, bars that are up over some arches. I don't know how, because, like, like, the bars are on fully top. intact. I don't know how he phased him through. No, it's, like, open on the top. It is? Yeah. Okay. I didn't quite catch that for he, whatever reason. He would have reason. had to have, like, gotten him up near the ceiling, though, and, like, tossed him down. Oh, actually, yeah, the bars are, like, broken. Mm. So they, they right. do reach the top, but they are, like, broken above where he is. One I don't know how like, he would, like... going right through the middle of his head. Yeah. Like, not, not upper portion of the head, but, like, through his cheek up through, like, a temple. Uh-huh. Oh, it's gross. Uh, so they cut him down from there and Jorno tries to heal him but then realizes that his own body is now an empty vessel it's so empty that he's able to put a bit of himself in there and communicate through both bodies at once uh Which to Jorno, is... this is like a 
at this point, I thought it was like, oh, okay, that means... He says something like, I can split myself between them. I thought, like, he was going to be running around both as himself and as, as Narancia at this point. But no? So, like, why bring nope. that up? Because uh, I think that Rocky wasn't quite sure how Chariot Requiem worked and felt that this was, like, the means to get Jorno back in his body. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Also, I, to I wouldn't punctuate want to sp- the fact that Narancia is dead by showing Narancia's actual body dead. Sure, but like at this point, I would think you wouldn't want to switch with Narancia because just in case, once you defeat uh, uh, Requiem, then what if it swaps you into Narancia's dead body? That's yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, Jorno puts himself back in his own body. And you have then, to have uh, the main character be himself for soon when he stabs himself with the arrow. Yeah. Uh, and then we That's get like reason. our tearful goodbyes uh, to Narancia. And uh, as this is going on, you get kind of like a silhouette of Aerosmith flying over a bunch of locations. And one one bit of its flyby is it flies over Fugo. Yeah. And Fugo looks up and somehow he just knows. And this, I'm pretty sure for sure is the last time we're ever going to see Fugo, and I made sure to check in the notes for this episode, Anime Manga Differences, this is totally unique to the anime. I figured, because yeah, I had looked up before to see if there were any more appearances of Fugo, and nope. So, at least the anime gave him a little bit of something here. Yeah, Uh, I I think even the flashback might, might be unique to the anime. Might be. But uh, Araki, as it turns like, out, it's not Aerosmith. Just, Araki just completely forgot Fugo existed. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah. If you had him name all of the characters in this ser- like in this part, I'm sure he would not say Fugo. That sounds about right. Araki forgets a lot of things, though. Sure, forgets fair. how to drink. Almost drowns <laughs> every time he tries. <laughs> He can remember all of his fears, though. He's got it planned out on a little list. You remember some dumb shit that happened to him when he went to a doctor's office when he was, like, fucking five years old, but he can't remember Fugo exists. Nope. Man. So, uh, it turns out it's a bird and flies into the clouds, and then we get, like, the same sort of scenery uh, as where Abashio died. Uh... Bye bye, Narancia. We're leaving your body here. I do like Peace. the bit where he like grows the vines and flowers around Narancia. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think actually the whole Narancia death scene is done very well. It's I a bit too it. long. I liked it. It's too long. Also, hey, now we don't have Narancia to worry about. Let's just start dropping this baggage, man. We have the right. four characters we give the most shit about. It's the point of every JoJo series where most of the cast gets killed off. Yeah. Except for part four. Mm, yeah, that's true. The uh, four had a smaller cast in general. <laughs> he's getting shot in Rontia's spirit passing on and he's just screaming constantly. <laughs> <laughs> just rocketing towards heaven, crumbling. <laughs> oh, man. So... the. the Jumping back to where we were before when I completely and totally forgot about Narancia dying somehow. Yeah. Uh, they catch up to Requiem and they realize that uh, Requiem 
doesn't even seem to be aware that they're there. Uh, it is acting on its own and has become a defensive stand, and its whole deal is it has like a single-minded goal, and that's to protect the arrow, uh, to take it somewhere safe. And so it turns out Requiem's one weakness is just getting tripped like a bitch. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's just, it has like no awareness of anything. Like yeah. It, it just walks. It, so I think it's like uh, Trish and Guido's body just sticks her leg out and trips him? Uh, yes. Okay. And uh, so it drops the arrow. And then so we get the, the same sort of predicament that know, we were in I, I think it's where a Bucciarati like, okay, how do we pick it up? the boss's body that trips him. It's whose? Uh, Bucciarati in the boss's body. Oh, okay. I couldn't quite remember. But um, yeah, so no one can pick it up again. Uh, when Polnareff then realizes, like, okay, no stand users are able to pick it up, but what about somebody who isn't a stand user? Uh, so he waddles on over there and picks it up in his turtle mouth, and that seems to do the trick. Uh, but now Requiem has seen what's going on, and he's rushing him down. The end. Yeah. Also, something that he mentioned there was that Requiem is now a fully formed stand, and therefore even regular people can see him. Yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know, like... I mean, the thing is, we've had stands before that are totally autonomous. Yeah. But I guess they're not fully formed. Well, I mean, that's also why he can trip them. That's why he says, like, you can not only see it, but just regular people can also touch them. I think what he means more is that it's just the condition of the arrow has that effect, that it sort of brings them into the real world. It's like an easy way of trying to explain this, but... Uh... Well, I think no, I think it's because it is totally free from a host, because it's not tied to Polnareff anymore. But that's the thing is, Notorious Big was totally freed from a host because its host died. Anubis yeah. was totally free from a host because it constantly was, like, changing hosts. Well, it was, it was still the sword. sword. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, I guess the, it being bound to the sword would mean that this the sword is really more the host. Yeah, the stand was not the sword. He was inside the sword. You know, I guess that's the thing with the Notorious Big is they say that, like, they said, like, fishing vessels get attacked by it. So I wonder if people actually are able to see Notorious Big. Maybe. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if fully formed stand just refers to a stand without a master that then anybody is able to see it because it has no master or if it is specifically because it is under the effects of the arrow. I mean, it'd be pretty messed up if there were just like stands floating around with no host that you just couldn't see. I mean, that'd be like yeah. Who would let's let's call Mulder in, check out this one. <laughs> Scully's oh, no. not gonna believe him, even though she's gonna see a star platinum punching something a million times. She'll still be like, I don't know. I mean, you know, electromagnetic pulses. I was actually going to ask you how long it takes for her to stop being so, like, skeptical about all this, because, like, after the first episode, I would have been like, okay, yeah, shit, aliens exist. Yeah, well, it, it's mostly after that first season finale, when she sees the yeah, alien fetus. Actually, it literally takes her holding an alien baby to go, eh, you know, 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe something's out there. And yet she does kind of regress in that a little bit because they uh, have to keep the show going, but she's generally more open to stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm still curious about that because uh, back when stands were first described, they had mentioned that uh, people described the phenomenon as just being individuals with psychic powers. Uh huh. So in the Joker universe, a stand user to a regular person is just a psychic. So I wonder if a fully formed stand that people can see would just be chalked up as a ghost. Probably. So, no, no. Anyway, this. Anyway. Me theorizing out of my ass. The episode's done. Yeah, that's it. So now yeah. it's time for Roulette. Born a natural loser, I can't recall to swear. Raised on pool and poker and a dollar here and there. Blackjack hand, deal a man, you better pay off that last bet. Two bit hand of 21. Thank you for not interrupting me this time. Huh? Huh? What? Huh? Shuriken Sentai Ninja episode 30. Yeah. This is all right. This was all right. It was okay. Yeah. Was all right. yeah. Again, hey, this, look. this was not an ideal role. No. Uh, it seemed that we got a real uh, kind of whatever episode you know yeah i think it was fine nothing super significant happens but it was all yeah it was fine uh, the, the show's got character it was nowhere near the same level for me as uh last week's spin where it was just like okay this theme isn't working it's taking itself too seriously like this this still works it just wasn't as goofy i think as we are normally accustomed to yeah, and it kind of does a bait and switch because the opening is very goofy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's like the opening is uh, our Red Ranger character um, gets attacked by this uh, no, female ninja. That's not the opening. Oh, you mean like the opening theme? No, the opening is the black ant ninja guy getting summoned. Why am I totally forgetting this? Bit? He's like in this just... he's like in this dark blue lit room and the dude with the staff shows up and the, the fox one summons him and he's like, I am at your service. Hmm. Somehow this is a blank spot in my memory. That's okay. concerning. Well, anyway, then I the watched red... this like an hour ago. <laughs> the Red Ranger is running. Yes, Red Ranger's running around, Red Ranger uh gets attacked by a female ninja uh apparently he knows her and she's trying to like uh i guess they they, they got the, like this thing he sort of mentions like uh or she mentions like oh i've never been able to to trick you to fool you and so i guess this is just her like making another kind of friendly attempt at like getting one over on him that's the pink uh, panther thing yeah uh, there's a good bit though where he's on a bridge and he trips and starts flailing and falling backwards like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Yeah, and she says, "You're still an idiot." <laughs> yeah, 
Like, Red Ranger is pretty yeah. dumb in this. You'd mentioned that he's yeah. the Goku character, and yeah, pretty much. By the way, when she ambushes him, she throws shurikens at him, and they stick in the tree, and they literally just, like, pop into the tree. He is the Goku of this show. Yes. Uh, he keeps a very positive attitude, but he is extremely simple. Yes. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet, sweet summer child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we get, like, the actual opening theme, which is fantastic. Yeah! Love uh, it. We, we find... We find out that our entire Power Rangers team is related to each other. They're all the sons and daughters of the last ninja, <laughs> uh, who's just a goofy-ass old man. And, he's, is and he I dead? love him, and we don't get any of him in this. Like, Yeah, I wonder, is he dead at this point? Like, Does that happen in the course of the series? Because he's in the credits. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that he's probably alive. Like he's probably in the Zordon position in this. Like he's the one that like provides the group guidance or something. Like he Man. must be training the Red Ranger to take over for him one day. But that we just happen to not get any of him in this. Imagine that old dude and his hat in a giant tube like Zordon. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like the fluke man. <laughs> sure that too. <laughs> Just there underwear, like, get me five ninjas with attitude. They stop him in the tubes and Mulder shines his flashlight and just that old man, like, pressed up against the side of the glass. His mouth just wide open, just like the fluke man. I guess I'm going to have to put on my report that it was the last ninja. They do. God. They, they talk about this, and then they get back, and there's just a scene of Skinner and the smoking man, and he's like, "Do you believe any of this?" Of course I do. Oh man! All right, Larry, the X Files are open again. All right, finally. Gotta Woo. get to the bottom of uh, the Last Ninja. Okay. Uh. Speaking of the last ninja, uh, as the Red Ranger is bringing this uh, girl <laughs> back into the dojo, I like imagining yeah. like Scully going into Mulder's office and him walking over to the filing cabinet, pulling it open, ru- rummaging around for a while, then going, "Scully, you ever heard of a putty man?" <laughs> Just slap down the file and have to go hunt down the mystery of the putty man. Reports of large creatures attacking Japan, fended off by robots, or so it seems. You'd think that would have made the news. Almost like somebody doesn't want it to. Turns out that's the whole plot of season five. Smoking man's just... covering up kaiju. <laughs> Government denies knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All knowledge. Denying everything. My favorite part of that opening is how they put Alex Jones's screaming face stretching out. Do you do you know like the backstory for that shot specifically? I do not. Chris and Carter. I'm so glad that there is a backstory. Tell me. There is. They were making the intro, and Chris Carter was watching them do it, like in the editing bay, and that, like, it was just a shot of a guy screaming. And 
like Chris Carter was just having dude like fiddle with knobs and stuff basically. <laughs> and it turned out like that. And he was like, yes, perfect. That's what I want. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Carter for your contribution to television. Yep. Oh man. Um, yes. Yeah, so he, he brings the girl back into his dojo and he's showing her around and we get this extremely good bit where he's just like, and this is my grandpa, the last ninja. And he shows a picture frame of the old man and he's just like super happy. He's like pointing up to like this fucking clip art font that just says last ninja over him. Yep, Just cartoon multicolored the last ninja. Like little stars and stuff. Behind. Like that's your framed photo of your grandpa. Sure. Why not? It's fun loving dude. <laughs> yeah, Grandpa took that at the mall. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he printed Paid five it out. Bugs from, hopped in a booth. He put his Nintendo 64 cart in the thing at Blockbuster, and it <laughs> printed him out this photo. Yeah, I got that scaled up at the Kinkos. It was originally printed off of a Game Boy printer. Ooh. Yeah. So. <laughs> So all the other rangers are, like, listening in on the two of them talking. They're doing the, the classical, like, oh, they're all stacked atop one another, and we're going to, like, pan up and get each of them saying something. Yeah. And I really like the last one. He was just like, this doesn't concern me. And then he pulls out the, the tiniest <laughs> little, like, monocular ever. Yeah. Just a little spyglass. Yeah. A little teeny tiny. Like, he really needs uh, to get a closer look. Yeah. I can get a closer look at this babe. They're about three feet away, too. <laughs> Hunga munga. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, they, they want to keep this secret, though, from the White Ranger, uh, whose name I completely forgot, because she's not actually very important to this episode, even though they apparently need to keep this relationship a secret. Uh, but she shows up, they, they do the gag, everybody falls into the room. And uh, then they're just like, oh, we're so sorry we weren't spying on you and your girlfriend. And uh, the White Ranger at first seems like kind of hurt by this. And I was thinking that it's like a romantic thing of just like she actually likes the Red Ranger. But then she calls him brother. And I remember they're all related. And now I'm very confused. Is that. OK, yeah, I guess it is a White Ranger because the pink one is also there. Yes. Yeah. There, There is a there's red, blue, pink white yellow and gold yes yeah that's it yeah uh i love gold ranger he's not in this enough yeah me too like he's he's there we we get some of him in his uh cowboy hat and everything he seems like a real goofball you showed me a picture of him talking into a hamburger i love everything about him that's right his whole thing is that he's supposed to be i think a japanese american and so he wears a cowboy hat and he says yeehaw and shoots things with a gun and he transforms using a hamburger phone and his mech is like a rodeo ox or something. Bull, whatever. Yeah, not everything about him is uh, fantastic. And, and like you said, we get virtually none of him in this episode. Just nope. a, a little bit of him fighting some dudes and then he just kind of fucks off for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, we then find out that the Red Ranger's girlfriend uh, has started a ninja school. 
and invites him over. And uh, we get this little bit of like, it's a bunch of very, very little like kindergarten age kids uh, are going to the ninja school to find out how to become ninjas. Well, she and didn't one of them... start the ninja school. She's just like teaching at it, right? Like, isn't the uh, other I couldn't dudes... quite remember. Yeah, I guess the other dude's in charge. Um, but th- th- these kids are there. One of them's just like, hey, who's that weirdo over there? And she's like, oh, that's my ninja friend. Yeah. He gives a it's thumbs the Red up. Ranger. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a ninja too. Check yeah. out this cool ninja shit. And he's... it's just him like running on these tight ropes and like throwing CGI ninja stars and stuff. And the kids are like way into it. Yeah, and he's got a little Naruto headband. Yeah, he's hyping up the crowd. He's getting them excited for being ninjas. And then fucking Captain Buzzkill comes over here and is just like, okay, children, time to beat each other with sticks like we do every morning. Yeah, and he's he's doing like the whole Emperor Palpatine thing of like, no, don't don't relent. Keep going. Do it. Strike him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He, they, they're not going to stop until he's killed all their emotions. No, like that's the thing is they they fight with wooden swords and one of them knocks the other down and is apologetic and he's like, "No, you must purge yourself of all useless emotions. Go again." Yeah, it's same a... same result. Knocks kid down and then he's just like, "Strike him!" And the kid fucking wallops his other kid with the sword. We don't yeah. see it, but we hear it. Yeah, like I thought. Oh man, he just made this kid do a murder. <laughs> yeah, because there's like this like pulled out shot afterwards where that kid's just flat on his fucking face on the ground and he is not moving. Yeah. He does get up, thankfully. And but then, but like the the bit that I love is like for that moment where I thought he was dead, the Red Ranger shows up and it's just like, ha, nice job everyone. Yep. Like, oh damn, you're on it too. <sighs> and well oh, and no. also like after he gives that kid the smack on the ground. He's like, uh, all right, we'll take a break. <laughs> and then, like, Red Ranger tries to give them all like high fives as they leave. Oh, it's too late. Their their emotions are dead, yeah. so they don't they don't give them high fives. They leave them hanging, which is yeah. just a despicable thing to do. Mm, despicable me. That, despicable that's it. That, me three. Oh, this is four. Three already exists. That's the one with his uh, cousin? Brother? I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. Pickable Me 5. Good. Yeah, just skip four. Do a leisure suit Larry. Pickable Me 6. They won't stop making them. That's too far. It's not going to stop Larry. Despicable Me 7. The Despicable Me folks are making the Mario movie, which will be terrible. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. We're getting another Mario movie, and everyone's going to like this Mario movie, but you and I, we're clued in, we're in the know, and we're going to, look, we know the, the real original Mario, Mario movie. movie's going to be better than the new Mario movie, mark my damn words. Yes, definitely. Of course. Save this podcast, you put it in a time capsule. You Don't do that. Dig this shit up do when not, that movie's out. Do not save this, I want this to die with me. Well, that'll be very soon, I'm sure. Yeah, a couple of years, probably. Oh, you know. It's gotta happen, eventually. 
I'm sorry, Larry, for your death. The lady, uh, the other guy, the uh, ninja, goes into a cave. Yeah, it turns out he's working with the bad guys. Monster yeah. cave. Yeah, cave monsters. Love them. Yeah, me too. Uh, I really like the designs of these things. They seem, um, they seem more retro in a way. Like it, it, it's specifically these guys that make me think that this show came out in like maybe the mid two thousands. I think this is a fairly recent one. Yeah, well, it's something about these monster designs kind of reminded me more of like original Power Rangers in a way. There's just a certain quality to them that I guess. Remind me more of that than any of these uh, other like monster groups have so well, far. For one thing, I think this is kind of meant to be a throwback in general. Uh, this ended in 2016. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more of a throwback thing than anything. Yeah, I mean, you uh, know, they're, they're ninja. This came after Tokuger, Tokshur, the train one. Oh, okay. Nah, all right. Well, we don't have a horny robot in this one, or like a horny mm, ninja. Unfortunately, no. We don't even have like well, we, we don't know, see like a a backup team in this one. Yeah, you know, actually, maybe I'm speaking too soon. We haven't seen the last ninja much, and for all we know, he could be incredibly horny. Yeah, I bet he is. I bet he's Master Roshi. The, the director of the show just kind of pointing out storyboards and going like, "The Last Ninja is the horniest character we've ever had." <laughs> Horny ninja, the fuck rat. <laughs> That's what it just says on the card. <laughs> is he like looking at like a little clay model of the Last Ninja? It's nods. Puts it in the yes pile. A horny ninja is the key to all of this. <laughs> this is why he's not in the episode with all the little kids. They couldn't do oh, it. No. They couldn't figure out how to work him in. Well, he has a restraining order. He was not allowed on set. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Red Ranger this starts to suspect the what happens when we don't get the last ninjas, and we had to fucking make up our own canon. So you know, way to go, Ninja. Thanks, Ninja. By the way, that title, whew. Oh, it's perilous. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't had to make an edit yet, but it's only a matter of time. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so we we get we get some more stuff of just like the Red Ranger and this girl talking, and this is actually kind of the bit where I was sort of just like. At a certain point, it just feels like not much is happening in this episode. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like it, kind of like around here where things just kind of feel a little flat. Uh, although we do get the rest of our ninja team uh, sees the uh, can't remember this guy's name. But the the other teacher is walking along, and they pursue him, and then are attacked by one of the monster people, and they get in also... an extremely brief fight with him. <laughs> Also, they have a ninja phone. Like, Pink Ranger is just like, ah, I looked up some info. He's real. Like, he has a Wikipedia page or whatever. <laughs> Found him on Ninjapedia. Yeah. Yeah. Here's his Twitter account. Mm hmm. 
Uh, oh, and, and yeah, and then that's when like he sees them in uh, the house looking for him, and he goes into the monster cave. Uh, he's basically trying to brainwash these kids and make them part of his army. And... Yeah. And yeah, they they fight. Uh, one of the monster people show up and they fight him really quick. And this is where we get like the Gold Rangers, like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. Peace. Yep. I have to go now. Uh, and, My home yeah. planet needs me. My hamburger needs me. Whenever Gold Ranger isn't around, everybody should be saying, Where's Gold Ranger? <laughs> and I am. So, yes. Uh, they, despite the fact that there's only two of them now, they still kind of beat the crap out of this monster and it just vanishes. And sort of the other thing of this episode is it seems that the monsters in this... Uh, are incredibly weak. Every yeah. single fight in this thing is very much one-sided. Yeah. Uh, but we get the the Red Ranger and uh, his lady friend are cornered in the uh, in the woods by the bad ninja. And this is kind of where the Red Ranger is like, oh, I know what his deal is. He's a bad guy. Uh, Red Ranger transforms. They fight briefly, and then his uh, his girlfriend holds him uh, because obviously she's still like she's thinking he's lying. Even though the bad ninja is now slowly walking up to him and sparking and going like, hold him just like that. Yeah. I want to stab him with my knife. I'm a good guy. This is what good guys do. The guy wearing the bright red costume is the bad guy. <laughs> That's right. And it takes her like remembering a few moments from early, earlier in the show where like the Red Ranger's like, Oh yeah, I'm honest. I would always tell you the truth. I always say what's on my mind. I'm literally too stupid to lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goku doesn't she's lie because like, he doesn't know how. Yeah. And, and then so she lets him go. And uh, the bad ninja vomits out a monster. Turns out he was possessed by the ant guy the entire time. Yeah, the guy at the very beginning who you do not remember yeah. seeing. <laughs> do not remember at all. Uh, and they, they get into a get into a big fight uh, where the ant guy is uh, pretty easily defeated. There's a lot of good, bad CGI in this, uh, specifically involving the ninja girlfriend. Like her just jumping up and yes. throwing shurikens. Yes. Yeah. Kicking all those bamboos back at the ant guy and like basically putting him in a bamboo cage. Uh, also, I really like the design of the putty men for this season, where they're like yeah. uh, in black cloaks with the kitsune masks. Yeah, it's great. They look pretty good. Yeah, I looked up uh, pictures of the original putty men and uh, forgot how terrible they look until Lord Zed shows up and gives them those sick vests with disease on them. Yeah. Although the original I, ones, though, woo. I just always appreciated how they had the little button on their belt that you could just tap and it exploded them. <laughs> yeah. They, very convenient to have that weak spot. You just give, you give them a little tap. They just run up and poke the putty man. Yeah, at least they these... They literally these, pose no threat. Yes, at least these ninja guys, like, you gotta slash and explode them. You gotta do something. <laughs> Rita just getting mad at the sculptor dude, like, why would you make it so they can explode? <laughs> oh, I just think it's neat. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea, I don't know. I've been playing with crash test dummy toys lately, and it got me to thinking. Mm, 
Well, that was the misunderstanding, see. He was a big fan of the band, the Crash Test Dummies, and uh, then he was like, oh, okay, well, what if I make these Puttymen like the toy Crash Test Dummies? I don't know where I'm going with this. Never mind. I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Crash Test Dummies. They were a thing. It had the guy, was the song... It was like it was like mm, 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 was the name of it. So good luck with that. It was a hit. And though. I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let you do this until you've worn yourself out, buddy. Well, the thing is, Weird Al he had the parody of that. That was the news, and it mentioned uh Lorena Bobbitt it was back in the news recently. There was that like documentary or something. Jordan Peele had some sort of involvement with it, which they acted like that was a big deal. Although I don't know why anybody would, because he's also uh, reportedly involved with that new Twilight Zone, which nobody seems to like. Um, real quick, I think someone sent and... me a text message. No, keep going. So it mentioned nice. that, and the song also had the bit about the guy who was caned in Singapore, which that <sighs> was a big thing at the time. Oh yeah, that's kind of messed up, really. Like when you hear that, it's like ah, it's like getting a spanking, but caning's that's bad. Yeah. Everybody it's just it's just kind of like ha. It's, it's goof. They stopped the Ant Man. Yep, they exploded him. Hank Pym. Yeah. Blew blew him up. Uh, but then it turns out he's still alive anyway. He's just big now. Yeah, the the Fox one uh, does a make my monsters grow to him. But they say, like, a girth of an ogre, uh, which, okay. Ninjas, get out of my swamp. Girth of an ogre. <laughs> Ninjas are like onions, see? They have layers. Shrek Chud, Rita Repulsive shouts as she throws her staff. Shrek Chode, you mean? Now, see, a chud is bigger around than it is long. A chud is a cannibalistic yeah, humanoid underground dweller. No, it's both. Nah, it's interchangeable. I don't think so. I think you're making this. Chud up. is also. I know. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. No, it's not. Yeah. Ch- chud is but. just like a, a gross person. It's Chode is a weenie. Da, 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 da. Let me see here. Don't know this. Ground dweller. Yeah, see. This is a good bet. Is a good bet. Yeah. Great. Live uh-huh. googling. Uh huh. At least yeah. when I do it, I try to talk about something else while I'm doing it, or while you're talking about something else. In fact, you should be grateful that I am vamping while you're doing this, instead of when I try to look up something and you just sit there in silence. I say I'm just going to say the word chud over and over again while chud, I look chud, this chud, up. Chud, 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 Look, chud, if you chud, haven't chud. reached it by now, you're not going to. I reached the end of the list a while ago and realized I was wrong. I just didn't want to admit it. Well, great. Anyway, the ant guy gets big. It doesn't matter because the zords just explode him anyway. Yeah. No, he opens up like a piss pool that they start sinking into. Yeah. And then he's just like, ah, welcome to the ant lion. And... Like, one of the ranchers is just like, ant lions and ants aren't really the same thing, dude. And then they explode him. I do not you like these swords. Dunce. I don't like these swords. 
No, me either. They look terrible. Although I do like the Zord lifting the other Zord out of the pool because it looks so fucking shitty. Yeah. It looks terrible, and I'm yeah. extremely into things that look terrible in Tokusatsu shows. Uh-huh. Uh, figured that out by now. Uh, but yeah, they just uh, just unload into him, and he dies. Like, he didn't pose any threat anywhere at all, ever. Well, He's you know, weak. you, you got to have 40 bad guys per season. Can't all be winners. Though it is a shame, because oh. his design is rad. It is, I like it a whole lot. He's got a big stupid ant on his chest. Chest ant. Yeah, so yeah, he, he dies, and then uh, we get uh, kind of like the ninja school afterwards. The uh, bad ninja's a good ninja now, because uh, he don't got the Ant-Man in him anymore. And uh, I think that's where it ends. I don't think anything else uh, really happens. Nope, and this is the first one, I think, for real, that there's nothing about a movie at the end. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, the end credits bit here is like... Um, Something I've noticed very consistent about these ending credit themes for these shows is that they try to incorporate some sort of game into yeah. it, and this one is uh, okay. There's fireworks going Which off. Which box in the has credits. the llama? <laughs> Fortunately, I... we don't get a llama. <laughs> uh, it's it's that what color of firework is seen the most? The answer's red. Yeah. Well, they have That's to be it. tied to we, we one of the four colors children. on the controller. So. Or this remote, is a weird Japanese controller for TVs that you and I are still kind of unclear on. Well, no, that does suddenly make sense why the PlayStation remote had the color buttons on it. Because you never use those for anything, and I guess it's just because it's the same remote no matter where it came out. That's you a remember good point. When... I hadn't considered that. I haven't. I mean, I haven't thought about the PlayStation remote in a long time. It was always confusing to me oh, why I... it had those color buttons, and now I know. Yeah, it's a weird carryover from Japanese TV. I also did not think about it until uh thirty seconds ago when I mentioned that. I was just like, <laughs> "Wait a second, that's right." Hold on a moment. Hmm. Well, uh, that was, uh, Ninja. Yes. Well, it's a good thing I didn't say, you see, you put a beep there. And it's very funny, because it makes it seem like I say something racist. (laughs) Yeah, very funny. Yeah, hilarious. Let's roll what we've got next week. Uh, that's the last Sentai show we're gonna do. Oh, no. We have four more episodes with anime roulette, and uh, if history has been any kind of an indicator, uh, this could go very well or very bad. But we got two, which is Black Clover. So we're back at Black Clover. Uh, I'm going to use 84, although I think there are probably more episodes than that now, because I have not updated this. Before uh start at what forty two? Just straight up half. Sure. Eighty two. So pretty Perfect. recent one. Okay, then next time episode What's the name of the episode? Oh, I'll have to look uh Unfortunately we're not gonna get a good episode or like 
the episode names for animes are not nearly as good as episode names for tokusatsu. No, they're not. Oh, well, I don't know. This one is... Oh, this might be a best of, or like a... Because it's called Clover Clips, the Nightmarish Charmy Special. So this might be a clip show, so we should probably mm. re-roll it. Maybe uh, quickly look up a synopsis for this thing to make sure that it's a clip show or not. Because that title also sounds like if it's not a clip show, then it's probably a real goofy-ass episode. Uh... You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. This character gathers everyone around, they just watch YouTube clips the whole episode. Plays it off uh, the TV in his stomach. Just like in the hit classic movie, Meet the Spartans. <laughs> exactly, the hit classic. I'm yeah. going to look on... Um... Kevin Sorbo said some dumb shit on Twitter recently, which really shouldn't surprise you because he's some kind of like alt-right moron now. Oh, uh, well... Uh, probably always. There's some other stuff about yeah. Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> uh, but I, I had just commented back to him with, this is a real hot take from the star of Meet the Spartans. Well, uh, a, a nice thing is VRV doesn't want to load uh, because I was going to look at the comments on this episode to see if. Oh boy, the. I mean, mm. pray pray for Kevin Sorbo because the death of the direct to video industry uh, really broke his soul. I uh, there's a lot of. Here's a comment from Mace thirteen that says, uh, "Feel like I am the only one who enjoyed this episode." Everyone keeps complaining. <laughs> Just skip the episode if you don't want to watch. <laughs> uh, Virtual Quester XD says, "Yeah, I didn't watch it. Looked boring after like five minutes." Oh, that's a good sign. Uh, Should we listen to Mace Windu or not? Chubby Breadstick says, "This is the only episode I didn't watch." <laughs> Uzai, oh boy. Uzai uh... Carp with uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog Avatar says. Garbage! He has three thumbs up. <laughs> uh, I say we roll a different episode of this. DJ if the Keen... cursed cowardly dog person thinks it's garbage, then I don't think it's for us. DJ Keen Android says, I have Prime membership. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why he's bragging about that. <laughs> Mr. Undead Rocket said, Dang filler. Eight thumbs up on that one. Uh, Doc Alligator left uh, uh, five comments in Japanese. Doc Uh, Alligator says, Gate (laughs) 4! Yes. Master Shadow Soda says, Filler ep. Nine thumbs up. Usami Tokuhiro says, This episode was a waste of time! All caps, 12 thumbs up. Shushi Law says dot 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 I shall skip <laughs> So All let's right, re-roll uh, this. Yeah, let's let's re-roll. Let's get a different episode in here because this does not sound promising. 73 is the Royal Knights select Oh, mm-hmm. that's like right after the one we did before. Oh, uh, then we can't do that one either. Roll it again. Although the thing, the funny thing is that skips the hot spring episode. <laughs> like it was the one we did, and then a hot spring episode, and then that one. Fifty-three. All right. Behind the mask. 
We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. I'm sure I won't make that joke again next week. No, I mean... 90% certainty. The guy in Black Clover, he's going to turn into a wolf and go, Awooga! Probably. Uh, This has Tinkerbell in it? I don't know. There's like a fairy lady here. Hmm... Fairies, Scully. They're more real than you think. Arizo says, Damn, bruh, I hate that stupid little fairy. So this is probably a good episode. Filler episode, says anime fan 420 uh, nope, Nobody was saying filler or skip or anything, so I guess this one's alright. Alright, good. No. Thanks, VRV comments section. Uh... I did not know that they allowed people to comment on Verve. Uh, oh, yeah. People really got, glad that they do. Uh, people got a lot of things to say. There are uh, hundreds of comments on every one of these episodes. Fantastic. Well, at least uh, one of those comment sections probably saved us from a real stinker. There's a very good chance also we might have loved that episode. I don't know, and we will never know. Yeah, no, I mean... uh Rules of the roulette is you stick where you land, except in, you know, twice where you get episodes that you know you don't <laughs> want to watch. In which case, you keep on rolling. I mean, I, I would have been all right with the other one. It's just that if we're watching one, it's like so close after, after the other one. Yeah. That sort of defeats the point of the anime roulette. So. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, next time, episode 36 of JoJo and episode 53 of Black Clover Magic Naruto Yeah And uh, Larry Davis I hate to do this to you at the very end Of uh, this episode But I am afraid that I am Closing the X-Files No For good this time Come on That's right No takesies backsies The X-Files are closed (sighs) Alright I guess there's nothing I can do about it Gonna have you working uh, wiretap detail for the next, I don't know, two weeks, and then I'll open up the X Files again, probably. I mean, oh, let's be real. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just close them again. I don't need to pack up all my files and stuff here, do I? Yeah, you probably should. Okay, fine. Just because that would make me happy. Great. This has been Stand and Deliver. I'm also closing Stand and Deliver. Good. That I am not sad about. <laughs> well, it's been it from us. Shout the name of the podcast. We can't end until you Stand do that. Stand and Deliver! I'm reopening Stand and Deliver. We have to come back and do this next week now. Why would you do that? And then there was this guy who made his wife so mad one night that she cut off his wiener. And when he finally came to, he found that Mr. Happy was missing. He couldn't quite explain it. It had always just been there. 
I've seen enough, Mulder. Let's go. Yeah, okay. But somewhere out there, something is watching us. There are alien forces acting in ways we can't perceive. Are we alone in the universe? Impossible. When you consider the wonders that exist all around us. Voodoo priests of Haiti, the Tibetan numerologists of Appalachia, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries. The truth is out there. Ah. No! Oh, who'd have thought a whale could be so heavy? <gasps> Jeez, it defends! <laughs>